brunch culture. We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, everything, everything is up for discussion, and that's what brunch culture is about. About. He's Randall Keith. And she's Lisa V. And it is time for another episode of Brunch Culture, the podcast where everything is up for discussion. Even Little Bow Wow, even though he's irrelevant. Even Little Bow Wow. You know what the politically the man said? Don't call him Lubawa, right? Isn't he supposed to be? Isn't he supposed to be Shad uh, Moss? Oh yeah, that's it. I was gonna say, but, but wait, before he got to Shad Moss, wasn't it like he was just Bow Wow? Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And now okay. he has right. transitioned to Shad Shad Moss because he's an adult now. He's an adult, right? Yes. And I still don't consider him one. It's really weird because you told me that he's thirty, and I just yeah. <laughs> He's the same age. It's really sad, right? Because I don't view him as like a peer, and it's really rough. And I, every time I think of him, I know he's not like the little kid, like the little ten year old no more. But I just always view him as like, oh no, that's that's bow wow, like oh. And then he's really trying to break that, like with the gangster rap and stuff, you know. Wait, he does gangster rap. He was trying to at one point do kind of like hardcore. Oh, I didn't even know he still rapped. I thought that was like. Yeah, he, he said a, this. He an he, actor? Yeah, but he's about to produce an album. He's he's he has his own spinoff from the the original growing up hip hop with Angela Simmons and um, Romeo. He has the growing up hip hop Atlanta, so he has a spinoff that is about to start in a few in a few weeks. Mm. Um, and you know he's talking about this. He's gonna release another album and then retire at thirty. So from music wait he's gonna do what now release an album and then <laughs> retire don't you have to like <sighs> retirement comes with a, a degree of you know work and like you can't really I, retire he, from something he, that he we didn't work in the scream tours now you give him that i this can give tours. i can give him the scream tours but what what age will we like it would make sense if he like retired maybe at 18 because it's like you're graduating from, you know, the time, the era, the period of time where we knew you and your music was relevant. I don't know that you can retire now when the past 10 years, like, do we know of anything that he's done? Yeah. Now that, that, that CD uh, face off with him and Omarion, I was just uh, listening to the song girlfriend today driving. And that song kind of rock. That song kind of go hard. Wait, when did that come out? The last song I remember from Bow Wow it was is like, the, the song with Sierra. But he had Shorty Like Mine with Chris Brown. What's that? That's how we kick it. That's my jam. I listened to that today. I was listening to, in honor of the Bow Wow Challenge, I put in the Bow Wow songs that I actually liked and played them on my way home. I don't even remember this stuff. What year did this come? Did this come out in like 2000? or? I feel like it was like our first year of college. Whoa, he has music from college? That's like 2006. That's like 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, you don't remember him and Omarion had that collaboration album, Face Off? I It sounds familiar, but I Omarion, can't yeah. say that I paid attention to it. I, and I didn't like Omarion. You remember I liked Jay Boog from B2K. 
you know, I never really thought that. I think the the music they create was just not for me. I think that I've always viewed their music as kind of being like a. It was, it was, for it was made for, it was girls. for girls. Yeah, it yeah. was made for yeah. girls. Like they were just like, because the whole appeal was more so about their look and their image. I don't really think it was for. I never thought. I thought like even when even though he was our age, I felt like he was a he was always a kid to me. Like even when I was in high school, I just felt like he was for middle schoolers. Like as far as yeah, dating wise, remember. I, I have very, very little memory, so I'm probably not the best person to ask. But what I do remember is this Bow Wow Challenge, though. And the Bow Wow Challenge, <laughs> the meme of the girl that is, like, holding the pants with the shoes, and she's, like, me and Bay. And then, like, the next one you see is her just holding the pants, and it's not actually her standing with a dude. That one, to me, is the best. That's how I found out. I yeah. saw that on Instagram, and that's how I found out what the Bow Wow Challenge was. Yeah, because no it all started with him lying about him getting on the private jet. And he was like, I'm going to get on really, it. Did he really copy the picture, though, from the, the website? Yeah, that's like, what Charlamagne said. <sighs> he said that's the stock quota from the website. And oh. then somebody saw that and was on a flight with him to New York and was like, bow wow, you're lying. <laughs> Put it on, like, Snapchat or Insta story. I just... I... In my heart of hearts, that's not something that you would do. That's why I can't believe this dude is, like, 30 years old. Like, you can't you can't do that at 30 and then he's yeah you we just can't do this at 30 like at 30 years old you gotta understand that you know the internet is real social media is real like somebody gonna call you out bro like you but can't it's not actually. too far-fetched you know people lie on social media all the time but like you're lying about you lying with the stock photo like you could have got your homeboy photo you could have hit something you could have hit up jermaine dupree and was like yo let me get one of them pictures from you know when or he was he- on the private jet he should have had photos of him on a private jet. Now, how many times has Bow Wow written on a private jet? Like, this is, he's not new to this. Like, he's had money. So, I don't even know. He could have had an old photo and used it. Yeah, I just don't understand why. And what's the purpose? Like, is anybody really looking for him to lie? I keep seeing that video of him when he's, like, saying that the people don't know. It's like a bunch of people walking behind him. And he's like, they don't know it's me. And Yeah, people, it was kids. Yeah, people was clowning, but I was like, I don't really know, like, why you would ever think that somebody would be after you like that. Like, there are real celebrities out here. Oh, gosh, that was wrong. They're like. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he stuck like Charlemagne when he gave him Donkey today. He was saying that he feels like he's stuck in the Scream Tour like world. Yeah, and he has to be. That that's happening. Like, back in the day, girls would chase him down the street. But these kids don't know who you are. Like, they'd be like, Bow Wow, who is that? Like, you know what I'm saying? They probably didn't, don't even know, like, Soldier Boy. Yeah, you know? and I think they only wouldn't, they would only knew, they would only have known Bow Wow from, uh, what's that show called? 106 and Park, when he was on 106 and Park. Now, I think he probably would have had a good fan base then because, you know, that was a show that catered to, like, the teen tween crowd. So they would have made yeah. That's when then. we knew he was going to fall off. But, you know, today is just kind of like, I don't really know why one would. Why would you actually think this, bro? Like you, I don't know. We got to think of a Bow Wow challenge though for brunch culture. We got to put together like something for us to do to in honor of Bow Wow being thirty years old because he he's a peer, and I had no idea. I almost, you know what? That'd be so rude. But never mind. I'm gonna keep that to myself and keep that off, off, off the record. Off the record. All right. <laughs> well, um, 
Speaking of something that should be uh should have been off the record or should have never happened, Betsy DeVoe oh, speaking at Bethune Cookman University. And I just beast HBCUs nobody in their right mind would have Betsy DeVoe speak at an HBCU commencement ceremony. I just think that was I don't even I was it's like unbelievable. Yeah, I don't really understand the angle. And I didn't apparently my uh, my friend actually just told me today that apparently they released a statement explaining why um, and they kind of likened it to something that Mary McLeod Bethune did. I haven't read the statement, so I don't know. But I do know that it just it's to me, it seemed like they wanted to do something for attention so they can get that national stage attention um, so that people can talk about the school. Maybe people can look into school. Potentially, they can get some of her family or friends to become donors to the school because they did that. Um, it just seemed like to invite her to an HBCU graduation when her resume and her accolades is really about, you know, coming from a place of privilege, having money coming from money and being able to be, you know, a philanthropist and give money to people. But it's like, you don't really represent uh, a person that, you think about a commencement speech, right? Mm-hmm. This individual is supposed to come and inspire people and and help them. You know, it's supposed to prepare you or kind of give you a nugget to carry on to the next stage of your life. Like, what is Betsy DeVoe going to say that is going to inspire you at the next level? Besides the generic things, you know, work hard and it'll pay off or congratulations on what you did and you're you're a bright shining star. You're gonna go to the next. Like there are so many other well qualified people that could have done that, and it doesn't even have to be black people. I think it'd be amazing if it was a black person, but it doesn't even have to be a black person um that could have given that speech. I'm not a hundred percent sure why we got Betsy DeVoe. I do <laughs> have to say though, I feel bad for her. Like because she got booed the whole time. Yeah, by parents. Like, <laughs> they was, actually turned their backs. They some of the stood students. up and turned their backs, like from start to finish. So I thought before I watched the video clip, I actually thought that she got booed after something she said. Right? I didn't know it was from the. She's thinking like she's she's saying thank you to the president and the board of directors, and then the booing starts. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> And it continued. And then did you see where the uh, president, I'm assuming it was the president comes and he says like, you know, if, if this type of behavior continues on, your degrees will be mailed to you. You make your choice. And people kept going like, forget this. I don't really care. Like, I was like, I thought they mail them anyway. Yeah, your actual degree. I, I didn't really understand. I picked mine up. In the- I really didn't understand. I mean, and maybe I protocol mean- for the school is a little different. But I was kind of like, well. Because, you-, you know, everybody at graduation don't actually finish. Because, you know, grades ain't always in by the time graduation. So I know plenty of people that walked that didn't get their degree. Because, like, you know, yeah, grades are in. level, yeah. I just... I, I just, I, I really like, feel... like, is that a real threat? I feel bad for it. I really did feel bad for it. Like, and I don't... Imagine, and I, I feel I feel bad for from, from a standpoint of, like, you know, we've both, like, spoke and been in front of crowds and given speech and stuff like that. Imagine standing in front of all of these people and from start to finish, you get booed. Yes, she was a soldier for that. Like, that is... That would have gave up. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like, I was laughing, but then I kept thinking, like, dang, bro, like... 
That's messed up. I would have just walked off pissed. I would have just left. I would have just turned around. You know what? Forget this. Don't worry about it. Like, I, I honestly wouldn't have even taken it. Like, you had to know, though. Real talk. And that's what my, a friend of mine mentioned. Like, she had to know this was going to happen. She not stupid. Like, you really couldn't have thought that you were actually going to go to this HBCU uh, college graduation and everybody was going to welcome you with open arms. With the ignorant stuff that you've said about HBCUs in general, they're the first example of school choice. Like, come on now. And I think in a statement she had that Angela Rye posted, she said HCBU. Right. So you don't even know what they're called. <laughs> and you are coming to give, to inspire their students to reach higher and achieve greatness. Like, yeah. Houseway. Houseway. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sway. How are you going to even do this? But speaking of craziness that goes on with what's happening in our country, they fired the FBI director. Well, they, Donald Trump. Yeah, I was going to say I still, yeah. I still have a problem putting the other na- word in front of his name. So I say 45 or Donald Trump because I just still can't wrap my mind with putting his name and president in the same sentence. Um, Still struggling with that. Uh, but I know you say don't don't you say it because I do yeah they didn't say President Obama I do and I you know I try to be very diplomatic and I I just think that you know I because I went so hard on people that would not say President Barack Obama I like because I went I'm like it's only fair to to say the same yeah I get it you being fair you being fair (laughs) I'm going to have to be hypocritical on this one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> still struggling. Maybe by, you know, half a year, I'll be able to say President Trump. I just said it for the first time. Um, but, yeah, he fired James um, Comey. Yeah, James Comey, Comey. FBI director. Um, FBI director. And the, the jacked up thing about it to me was he found out on the news. Like, I was like. That's so jacked up. Like you can't invite this man in your office and say you're fired. But they were saying that he's not he doesn't like confrontation, which is to me another indicator that maybe he shouldn't be the president of the United States. Maybe just a small, (laughs) just a small, small indicator that you aren't really cut out for the job. But I was just like, that's so rude. Like, who does that? Um, And yeah, it's just to me, it gets more and more bizarre. Um, I just feel like at some point he's going to be impeached. Hopefully, because this is just getting crazy. It's just a waiting process. That's 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 really what everybody is kind of holding on to is it being a waiting process. Did you hear though that um to avoid questions about James Comey's firing that Sean Spicer hid in the bushes? Yes, <laughs> I cannot wait for Melissa McCartney to act this out this Saturday because I know she's going to do it. And it's going to be great. I I read the headline. Then I read a couple articles. And I just kept laughing. And that's the one thing that I kept thinking about. Please, SNL, get a sketch for this. Please, please, please. Like, I feel like they they have to. Like, it has to be on this week. Because that was... I saw the... um You know the, the Homer Simpson... Simpson? Uh, mm-hmm. meme where he's like where he going up. yeah yeah that's what they that's what they compared it to so i'm like come on snl like i'm waiting for this to come spicy out. spicy i love what spicy she called. was hiding in the bushes to avoid addressing like it, it just he they don't even have to give snl like snl 
doesn't even have to try hard to find information. Don't have anymore. to try at all. Like, I mean, I'm sure their writers are just kind of like, yo, we can't even, I don't even have to think, I don't even have to try to be funny. Literally, we can just reenact these things and it becomes funny on its own. Like, I don't even have to come up with like serious one-liners. It's just all, it's, the universe is set up so that we can, all I have to do is just recreate and reenact what the news stories are saying. And it just becomes funny. <laughs> I ain't even got to do much. It's, it's really sad. I'm looking at the GIF now. Yeah. Uh, it's a GIF, GIF. I can't, I, I hope it's, it's oh, Here's the thing. So I was, uh, for the past like five days, I've been around like a group of friends and we kept going back and forth. And I know that the proper way to say it, quote unquote, is GIF. But to me, it doesn't feel right. GIF feels better when I'm talking about it. I think there's so it's so easy to get caught up with GIF and gift that yeah because i i almost always add a t when i do yeah so i always say gif and i realize that nobody says it that way and everybody's like oh that's so wrong but i'm still gonna call it moms choose gif when you said that you remember that commercial about peanut butter what that is the peanut butter gif peanut butter it used to be a commercial when we were kids oh i don't like peanut. okay well (laughs) right over my head i'm sorry (laughs) yeah so it's it's gif Okay. But I say Jeff. So we're going to go with that. All okay. right. Um, do we got anything else for Mimosas and OJ? President Obama getting paid. And oh. I'm not mad at him. Not I mad really, at him at all. I want him to donate this money, though, to us. You know for what? For our student loans. I feel like Nicki Minaj has set the trend on what to do with money. She didn't give enough. Um, obviously, her rebuttal to Sheath there didn't grant her enough money to, to really surpass 30000 but I feel like if we could get some celebrities with some long money to pay into this student loan pool we're trying to create to pay back black. And I feel like President Obama can help with this. I don't want him to, honestly. I think that President Obama should get his money, should take care of his family in the same way that every other president has. Um, I was just blown away that people are having a conversation about how much he's getting paid in general like he is definitely a popular president he definitely has a celebrity because of him being the first black president and the first black first family and their book deal i think they got something was it like 60 million dollars to do a book deal or something like that which is like one of the higher end book deals i say get your money and you know there was people were saying like oh he's doing these speeches paying for four hundred thousand dollars and he's doing these these speeches about, you know, getting people active in, in public service and things like that. And he's profiting off of. But it's like we have a president in office now that is profiting while in the position. Like, I just, you know, get your money, yeah. President Obama. And uh, I ain't got a problem. And, and how much is he supposed to charge? You know, prices is a way of weeding out people. It's too like it's weeding out because there's such a high demand. Right. Like, you know, what I'm saying so. If everybody wants you to speak, you have to set the bar based on the demand because there's so much demand. Am I making sense? No, no, it makes it's, it's economics. Yeah. So I just I, I just feel like what else is he supposed to charge? I feel like that makes most sense. He's not going to around here have a speaking fee that's 10 grand. Right. I mean, that's not that's not realistic, folks. The whole idea that the the first black president is supposed to be like this low cost president to me is crazy. And when people are like, oh, he's a part of the Democratic Party, he, you know, 
he he won his seat. He won his office by talking about how big business uh, should not big business and money should not influence politics and things like that. And it's like, that's very true. And I completely understand all that. But the president also is not in a political position at this time in this moment. Like he just came off the heels of one, but he technically does not have any real power, if you will. Like, well, he doesn't have any like direct power that he can say like, Oh, I'm in this position. So I want people to do this. Like, yes, he, he is an influencer and he has like influential power, but we can see that he is not talking about things that are going on in politics. He's not telling people to do anything specific besides get involved and get active, which is very broad. So I don't think we can really criticize the man. I think is, I think the the idea that we live in a capitalistic society and when the first black president that ends his successful presidential uh, career says, Hey, I'm going to charge whatever amount of money for speaking fees. If somebody's willing to pay for it and willing to do it, like let him do it. The Clintons charge all kinds of money for all kinds of stuff. And <laughs> we don't have a problem with that. So get out of here. And two, you saw him and um, uh, Michelle Obama donated $2 million to uh, Chicago's uh, job fund to f- help fund and provide jobs for no, kids during the that. summer. Yeah. Yeah. So that's dope. So again, get your money. Like you get your money and use it how you want to. Yeah. So get that money, make that money. Don't let it make you. Hey, come on. What you, wait a minute. What you know about players club? <laughs> that's a classic line. I it's... feel like everybody know that line. Did you watch the movie though? So I haven't seen the whole movie. Oh, but I do know that line. Okay. I was going to say, this is, you know, what? let me find out, you know, like, movies to live <laughs> your life by. Like, what? <laughs> make that money. Don't let it make you. Let me find out, you know, about the Players Club. <laughs> well, uh, we can't let this time go by without mentioning um, Jordan Edwards, um, the 15-year-old that was brutally murdered, gunned down by a police he was an unarmed teen in a in a car with his brothers and cousins. And just this story, it like it weighed on me. Yeah. Like it's just. And then the cop lied and said, I'm so thankful for the body cams because they caught the fact that the car was not going towards the cop, as he said, because it was moving threatening towards and whatever that means. And it was going away from him. And I'm just like, dude, if we hadn't had that camera, you know what I'm saying? Right. What story we we have witnesses, but the way they've been able to spin that, you know, um, in the past has been devastating for us. Yeah, I think it I think the story, it's it's extremely sad. One thing that I I'm that's coming out of it and hopefully people wake up and see is how just like anybody else a police officer can lie can bend the truth can withhold information and so you know his write-up he blatantly lied saying this car this car was coming violently at me and that really means nothing like you know driving down the road like how does how do you know that this car is coming violently at you like what whatever does that mean but you see that he lied and we can see and make connections to other situations and say like oh 
for people that are non-believers, for people that have such a problem with figure, with understanding what we've been saying for years and years and years, here is clear evidence that somebody has lied, bent the truth. And there's a kid that has been dead and that, that has died and has been killed. And this kid is, you know, for for whatever much that it matters is a well-to-do kid that comes from you know this perfect background or this this ideal background that has good grades that is involved and that's doing the same things that like every kid does and i think it's that point is so interesting i mean was so necessary to mention because one of the things that we see happen time and time again we actually saw it with a guy that was pulled off the southwest uh airlines airplane was literally when something bad happens to someone, but we try to justify it by like either pol- justify the police actions or like a big company's actions, you start to hear these horror stories about the person and the bad things that they did. Um, you know, when it was Jordan Davis, you start hearing that, oh, you know, he cursed the guy out. He said F the guy or when it was Trayvon Martin, you know, he called this person a cracker and he was aggressive back towards him. So it's like we hear all of these things about the victim and the the reason as a justification for why they're killed and in this situation, anything that you try to pull up or you try to go back to dig into this child's history, you get everything that's ideal, everything that you expect a child to be, you know, making good grades, uh, being involved in sports or being socially active and things like that. This kid did it and they still lost their lives. So, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like. I feel like this story and it's so unfortunate that it had to, but I hope my hope is that people that, you know, that don't understand this or refuse to believe it at this point, you're kind of cornered into into having to, but I say that. And as I'm talking, I'm thinking like, but that's probably doesn't mean anything because people always find something and people that don't want to believe that there's an injustice happen. People don't, that don't want to see the humanity and us or our people. It's really not much that you can do because they're going to always find a way out of it. So. Yeah. It's so unfortunate because then you still have people saying, well, you know well, he shouldn't have been at the party. And it's like, hmm. How do you explain an officer exerting that much power and force and shooting with a rifle? Yeah, it's just it's unexplainable. That's it's no nothing calls for that at all. So, yeah, it's like no words for the situation at all. Yeah, well, our, our 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 hearts, our minds, and our prayers goes out to uh, the Edwards family. Um, and honestly, as we say, we've said before, you know, this is the reason that social media is important. This is a good part of social media talking about these things, bringing like making light of these things, bringing these stories out, and talking about these stories. Like, this is the reason that it's important. We for a while didn't see it on major news. I haven't been watching major news, so I don't know if it actually made a story, but I know that I found out about it through social media, and I started hearing people also talk about it through social media and it wasn't through mainstream media. So we can't rely on media, mainstream media to do it. We have to have things like podcasts and blog posts and things like that, that are really getting the story, getting the information and put it out there to represent ourselves. So, yes. Yeah. So let us know what you think about what we talked about from the Bow Wow challenge to president Obama's speaking fee to the firing of James Coney, Betsy DeVoe or Jordan Edwards. Hit us up with the hashtag chat BC on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. And we'll be back with our main dish.
All right, it is time for our main dish. This week for the main dish, we are discussing situationships. Situations. Hey. Um, every time I thought about it, I think about that title. I think about that part of the song. But anyway, so situations. Was that? that was Usher's uh, You Don't Have to Call. Okay, you don't yeah. have to call. Bow Wow was in that. I mean, not Bow Wow. Puff Daddy. Whoa, I was going to say Bow Wow was in that. I don't really know this oh. guy's career at all. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, I'm it was like, Puff Daddy because he called them and was like, get up, man. You know, I remember that. Okay. That was like 11th or 12th grade. Gotcha. That was his best confessions, man. I was like, wait, I don't know this guy's career. I had no idea he was in this. Anyway, so yeah, situationships. Um, so this this topic, this idea is it's really interesting because I've talked to a few different people. We've had conversations about this, and this is why I wanted to talk about it on the show. So, a situationship. I'll define a situationship as you are kind of you're not in an official relationship with somebody but you guys spend a lot of time together you know you're kind of you do things like you're in a relationship so you know if you're sick this is the person that you go to if you need a plus one at an event that's the person that you you call you guys spend time together regularly you probably go out on dates you know you do things but you're not officially in a relationship um, for whatever reasons, and there's mi- multiple different reasons to get in the situation. Ship. Um, so in having a conversation with a homegirl of mine, she was saying that you know, I'm done with situationships, situationships only work for guys, and I feel like situationships come just from you know, men being afraid to commit and things like that. And uh, I kind of disagree, so. I just wanted to talk about just in general, like, what do you think about situationships and do you see any benefit from it altogether? I feel like it depends on what stage of life you're in Mm -hmm. and what you want. So for me, situationships, especially in college, were some was something that I was cool with uh, because it allowed me to be in multiple situationships um, based on. And that's like you could date multiple people at the, at the same time and it's not too serious. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think it has a benefit based on what stage of life you're in. So now me being on the at 30, I'm more so dating for, you know, looking for for marriage at some point. I don't think that's the best thing for me to do mm-hmm. as, as far as situationships. But I feel like the person has to evaluate what they want out of a relationship. And so um, for me, I think situationships can be cool as long as the person doesn't necessarily catch feelings or want more. So I think it has to be established because some people want situationships to be real relationships. And if the person has already stated, they don't really want anything more, but they're constantly calling you that y'all are hanging out, but you want something more because the expectation is two different. Um, you have two different sets of expectations. You're going to be disappointed. So I feel like you have to evaluate what you really want. And if you're cool with just hanging out, if you're cool with y'all just y'all being there for each other or being a plus one, but you don't really want more because you're busy. I feel like it works well when you're focused on career. 
mm-hmm. and you just want somebody at a certain time to take your mind off of that and you want to hang out with them, go out, do fun things, but don't want the focus of a relationship. Mm-hmm. I think that's when, to me, it works better. Like when I was in undergrad and I was busy with school and work and other stuff, I didn't want a necessarily, oh, this is my boo that I'm like always with all the time. But I did like, you know, to go out and hang out every now and again. I agree. I I think the one of the, the key things that you said is about what you want. And I feel like the real problem with situationships is, and please don't like knock me over the head, but I feel like as as guys sometimes we we're kind of like intentional about situationships like i don't want to be in a relationship and i feel like women kind of agree to situationships with the hope or the anticipation of that situationship becoming an actual relationship and mm-hmm. and sometimes that can happen but i feel like for the most part that's not what it's about that's not what it's for um and i think if you want more and you are looking to have something else, then you have to be honest about not getting into a situationship or understanding what that is. And but I say that and I feel like situationships aren't necessarily bad. Um, I think that people get a bad rap or a bad idea from it, because when you hear about situationships, there's typically one person that is looking for more from that they're expecting more they're like oh you know what like we aren't together but you know if i had to say that i was with somebody it would be that that person and i think you know that's something that could be used on both ends uh no matter who it is that's in in the the situation like one person can say that or both people can be like hey you know i if if I had to choose to be with somebody or if you, you know, you ask me the person that I spent the most time with, like if I were in a relationship, the closest thing to a relationship is this person. But your expectations of it have to be different. I think that you have to understand that because it's a situationship, there's kind of like open lines of I'm likely going to be hanging out or spending time with or dating somebody else. Um, and I feel like it can kind of get gray but i just think the biggest problem that people have with the whole idea of a situationship is literally just because you want different things and i think that it's good and they can be very productive in a sense of hey i have a lot of stuff going on with work i don't have time to be you know or work or whatever it is that's going on in your life that that may be like require you that may require you to be more selfish i don't really have time to to be your full-time boyfriend in this in this space and then I, I i say that and i know i've had somebody say well you know you shouldn't want somebody part-time that creates an issue and you know and and i think that if you have two people that are just okay and that understand what the situation is then the situation works like i'm not maybe like i'm fresh off of a relationship or breakup so i don't really want to be in a relationship but i do enjoy the company of somebody else um i do enjoy being able to spend time with you i enjoy being able to laugh and have that moment and i think everybody we all want that like we all want somebody's like specialized attention but for based on what's happening in your other parts of your life you may not be able to get that fully so in that moment i think like a situation should becomes cool like it's okay to have that plus one person if you will that is not all about you know 
you gotta let's like wine and dine each other and let's spend every waking day or or hour outside of life together like uh that's not what i'm that's not where i'm at that's not what i want right now yeah and i think too what complicates things i think one of the reasons why my situationships were so cool and lax is because they didn't have sex in them so i think when people incorporate that aspect because i think sometimes when people think I think people think two different things when it comes to situationships. Sometimes situationships could be cool. Y'all just hang out, blah, blah, blah. And then sometimes situationships in one regard could be people who have just cut buddies and they actually hang out with them or go, you know, with them places. And I think that's when the more attachment comes along. When I think you add that component to it. Yeah, absolutely. You have to have, I will say though, with situationships, you have to have some sort of boundaries. You got to know what's going to take you over the edge or what's going to allow you to kind of stay in this space where it's just fun. Um, And that doesn't always equate to sex. Like, I think a lot of times people do kind of equate being in a situationship with somebody to having sex. And, you know, for some people, maybe that could be it. I do think it's important for you to find out like what what you can and can't do maybe like being in a situation ship, but I can't spend a night with you because if I spend a night with you sex or no sex, then I'm creeping into something that is more, you know, relationship based. Um, something that I want to do with a partner as opposed to just somebody that I'm kicking it with. Um, maybe I can't talk to you every day or see you every day, uh, because of that, because I, I think the, if you don't recognize or you don't set boundaries, you will be a person that finds yourself just kind of doing something over and over again for the sake of doing it or having this pseudo relationship, if you will. And you really want more, but you can't get it because you guys are kind of just like comfortable being in this space. And one person is saying like, Hey, this situation ship works for me. I'm, I don't want anything. And another person is saying like, you know what? I, it's not really working, but I'm willing to just deal with it because, um, what I do think is problematic though, is in situationships is if you have one, I think communication has to be on 20 <laughs> because I do think it's wrong and I feel like I'm going to get so much flack for this, but I, I, I do think it's wrong if you are in a situation with somebody and then kind of out of nowhere, you get serious with somebody else. Mm. So this is the thing with that. So when I was in undergrad, I was dating the guy that was at JU. It was a situation I guess, quote unquote. And we were, I thought we were under the, you know, just hanging out like cool, you know, we go out, um, you hang out with me, I hang out with you. I had met his mom, but I just, I didn't think anything like it wasn't, we hadn't established as a relationship. So one day he called me and he was like, where are you going? I was like, oh, I'm about to go out and out, um, on a date. And he was like, oh, I didn't know we did that. And I was just like. I was confused and he was like really hurt by it, but I didn't think it was that big of a deal because it was, I thought we were just having fun. Yeah. And that's what I mean. I think that if you're going to have that type of setup, then you got to communicate what's happening. Like you got to let a person know that, Hey, here's where I am. And 
I'm not, I don't want to be in a relationship, but I'm likely probably going to hang out with somebody else. Um, but you don't think that's just a given in a situation? Like, yeah, I just I think like that it should always... be, yeah, I think that it should be a given. Um, but I also realize that some people don't. And again, I think it's those those situations where you have a person that is just kind of agreeing to do this with hopes that it's going to be something more. And that's not the setup. And then I also think that there's some people that are just kind of selfish where they want to do that themselves. So, like, you know, I want to be in a situation because I'm OK with me being able to go out and maybe date somebody else or talk to somebody else. But I'm not OK with you doing it. And I say that and I'll be 100 percent honest and transparent. I've been that guy like <laughs> I'm perfectly fine with me being able to use the idea that we're in a situation as grounds for me going to like go here, go on this date or hang with this person. But the reality is if you tell me that like, Hey, I'm going out there, I'm going to be looking real salty. Like, yo, what's happening? Um, you can't do that with me. Like, and I think that's the immature part of, of myself. Cause it's kind of like, you can't, you can't agree. You can't agree that something is okay. And then get upset when it's done to you or like you see that, hey, you know what? This isn't a real relationship. This isn't uh, you can't really get mad at something, but you are. So I think, again, it, you have to have those. So that leads to the question, can two people really date multiple people at once without jealousy creeping in? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't I, I don't think so. I think that the level of jealousy or you know, being like how you respond to it can be different. I think that that's fine. But I think automatically, if you start to, even if you're in a situation, right, and you mm-hmm. start to kind of like somebody and you hear that they might be kicking it with somebody else, although you're fine with that, you immediately kind of be like, well, let me find out who is this person? Like, what they do? You know, 52 weeks deep in their Instagram. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm just trying to see like, you know, oh, so what you do? What's your career? How you look? Oh, what you doing with your life? Oh, who is that? Oh, them your friends? I'm good. Like, I don't know. You know, even if this don't work out, even if, you know, we, this situation ship don't work and you are the quote unquote winner, then I mean, I'm good because it's a loss in my book. Like, (laughs) (laughs) well, yeah, I think that, yeah, I, I think that it does cause, I don't think right now at this stage I could do a situation ship. But I think in college, to me, it was fun, you know. Yeah. Well, I don't think I could do it now. I think you my, think? You- yeah, absolutely. I just feel like <laughs> oh, non-committed Randall over yeah, here. I just, you know, <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> but if you if you're not honestly it, because some people think some friendships are situationships, honestly. And it's like, from the outside looking in, it kind of looks like that for, for some people. And it's legit just friends. Because if you have a boundary in your situationships where you don't, like, really have any physical touch with people you're in a situationship, that's really just a friend of the opposite sex. I that's mean, true. I never thought <laughs> about it like that. That's true. And so people I... see, like, I go places all the time with my homeboys and they pay. And I mean, for some people, they'd be like, oh, that's like a big thing. It's like, no, they just pay because they want to. But I'm not with them, but I hang out with them a lot. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like 
depending on what the situation is, people I don't know. People might view certain things as like situationships, and it's like, no, I just I don't know. But I do think this our generation of dating is completely different from the previous. It's very different. And it's just I think it's just. I don't know. I think an interaction is different. I don't know. Some people disagree, but I just, I feel like it's very different. It's very different. And again, without going into this, getting on this soapbox of all that, but I think it's just because like gender roles and relationship, like gender roles have changed and, and people existing in spaces have been different. And, you know, I kind of can get on a soapbox and go into all of that, but because that is different, I feel like that's why dating has become it's different. It's not as easy going and or as like direct and straightforward. You got to do it this one way. That's not really a thing. But I think for for both guys and girls, honestly, you have to define like you got to be honest about what you want. You got to communicate and set boundaries. And like this person can be an, a great and amazing person. But if they're not willing to give you the relationship that you want, then you kind of got to move on. You got to cut ties with them. You got to let them go. And it's hard and it's frustrating and it's sad. Uh, but ultimately you have to keep your 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 mind focused on what you want and And you have to be honest with yourself because i think people go in saying i can handle it and they know they can't they want if you're longing for a deeper relationship if you're longing for marriage if you're longing for a permanent connection don't trick yourself into thinking you can handle a situationship because you're not no matter how quote-unquote amazing you think you are or you you're probably that amazing, but if a person isn't doesn't want that, your amazingness it's can't change that mind. Not at all. So you just have to like, if you want something permanent, if you want a real exclusive relationship, get with somebody who wants that. Don't try to partner with the situationship person because you're gonna get hurt every time. Yeah, that is that is absolutely true. Like you can't. You, you can't go into it. You got to be honest with yourself. But you, you the, in the same way that you communicate with the other person, you got to communicate with yourself. You got to realize that at some point in time, even if you go into a situation knowing that, like, I'm fine with this, I'm OK with this, you know, this is what I want in this moment. The minute that shifts, the minute you see, you know, somebody, a friend of yours get engaged or get married and you looking around like I'm, I'm ready for that, I want that. And you're wondering why you don't have it. You got to shift. You have to make that shift because if you don't, then you'll find yourself being miserable and upset. And I feel like that's when they become problematic. Like, yeah. And you're going to get annoying to the person you're with because they like, I annoying. told you very because you yeah, that's not what I wanted. And you mad because you want something to be and you're like, well, why we can't do this and why we ain't doing this? Like, that's not the agreement we had. Here's the setup that we agreed to. And this is, I'm just continuing to go along with what we set up. You can't be mad when you changed and I'm just upholding the same bargain that we agreed to. I feel like, you know, we should have had a meeting. Like you should have called a meeting and been like, look, some stuff is changing where you at. And then we could have agreed to disagree and move on. Mm -hmm. But don't be mad at me because, you know, ain't no ring coming and I'm like uh, I didn't even know that this was something that a ring would ever be required yeah you yeah. said that situation was never supposed to arise in this <laughs> like a ring was never supposed to be like what like I don't even want to go see Lord of the Rings with you because <laughs> I don't want anything to remind you of a ring anyway <laughs> well y'all hit us up and let us know what y'all think about situationships I'm sure we're gonna have a lot of people that got stuff to say and feel free to you know 
be honest about how you feel because I know that, yeah, there's a lot of people that disagree. So hit us up. Use the hashtag ChatBC. You can hit us up on Twitter at Brunch Culture and on Instagram at Brunch underscore Culture. And we will be back with our toast or roast. And we're back with our toast or roast. And today I want to toast dear white people. I binged this thing for two days straight. Well, no, it wasn't two days straight. I think it was Sunday and then today. So it was a two day gap. But that was man. I really shout out to the creator of dear white people because I think they just did. I saw the movie and I wasn't really that impressed with the movie, but Mm -hmm. I was so impressed with the series because I felt like what I loved about what they did was they took everybody and gave you a backstory of that particular person in each episode. Mm-hmm. And it shows what we're always saying here. People are layered and the way they the reason they do stuff is because of just their personalities, the way they grew up is so much that influences that and their experience shaped them. And so they react this way because of different things that happen. And there are so many layers to people. And I felt like each episode showed the layers of each individual person. So you got to see why they responded, how they responded at the party and what caused them to take that stance. And even the people we would call Uncle Tom's and sellouts, why they took that position and seeing the backstory, I thought was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the way they put that together. So shout out. If you haven't seen it, I don't want to give anything away. I want you to go to Netflix and binge watch Dear White People. I can't wait to season two. I'm so glad I heard. I think season two is coming out. So I'm glad it'll probably be a whole nother year, uh, which I'm sad about. But uh, that's the only thing about binging on Netflix. You got to wait until the next season comes and you're depressed. Uh, but go and watch that Dear White People on Netflix. Dope. Um, I started watching it, but I'm only on episode four, so I still got a ways to go. But um, so uh, my toast this week is for Black Travel. Um, this past weekend or past like five days or so, um, I was actually out of the country. I went to Cuba with a group of friends, about nine of us, and it was an amazing, amazing experience. Um, the one thing that I love, of course, you know, we produce a podcast, so we love to talk. We love conversations and conversations about different things. So, you know, some deep stuff, some not so deep stuff, some funny stuff, controversial things. And the thing that I love about traveling with this group of black educated professionals uh you know people in their 20s some of us are newly in our 30s um it was just i think it was the perfect blend and balance of fun and a good time and lightheartedness but still still being able to have some deep conversations about um you know our our own personal lives our personal journeys uh our ideas about holes and things that we can do as millennials and young professionals to engage our community and to push us forward and you know talking about you know different uh oppressed groups and how we feel about those groups and some of us uh, you know agreeing with certain things or disagreeing with certain things but being able to have those conversations in a safe space and in a space that I feel like it was productive I just believe I I love black travel and I've always you know been a person that looks at these like like travel groups and travel sites and being like oh it's so dope and i joined a couple of them 
but and but I typically kind of go just travel with my friends. But in this this group, I made friends. Um, there were a, a few people that were here that I didn't know prior to. I just met in the planning phases of this trip, but you know, actually made some genuine good friends and had like a lot of good conversations and being able to connect and say, hey, you know, my schedule is going to put me in your city on this day. Like, let's plan to do this. There's this festival that's coming on. Like, to me, it's just overall it's all around dope and i think that if you're a person that is you know interested in traveling even if you're not interested in travel i think it would do you some good to find a group of people um or find a friend and you guys start just inviting your friends and if you can't do international travel do some domestic travel with a group of people and just bring those people together and see how those dynamics work um and i think you'll be pleasantly surprised at how good it is and how empowering it is i think one of the things i left although we were in cuba coming back i felt like energetic and on fire to like work harder for in my career work harder on my podcast like just doing things that's like you know what i've met some great people that are doing some dope stuff and have some amazing stories and they've inspired me to work harder so i'm toasting to black travel if you're a person that hasn't been on any type of uh, uh, group trip or doing any type of traveling, I encourage you, I urge you to find some people and to do it. Um, it's amazing. It's great. And I always say this. I truly believe it. Black millennials are the ish and we are out here doing it. So <laughs> kudos yes. to us. Yes, kudos. And we want to leave y'all with today's good vibe. Today's good vibe is from Lecrae. It says, if you're not willing to learn, no one can help you. If you're determined to learn, no one can stop you. And I'll say it again. If you're not willing to learn, no one can help you. If you're determined to learn, no one can stop you. Nice. Always be open to take critique. Always be open to evaluation because it's only going to help you grow and look to people to help better you. Um, no man is an island. We can't do it alone. We need each other to be great. That's it. I, you know me. I completely agree with that, and I think it's a, it's a great, it's a great quote, and we can all benefit from yeah, trying to learn and being determined to learning more about the world around us and ourselves. So, you guys, thank you again for listening to another episode of Brunch Culture. As always, you can find us at our website at www.brunchculturebc.com. You can uh, hit us up on Twitter at Brunch Culture, on Instagram at Brunch underscore Culture. Lisa keeps our Instagram popping. Um, we're also on facebook.com backslash brunch culture. Make sure you guys subscribe to us and rate us on iTunes. Yo, we are, we've been doing brunch culture for a little minute. We are like, uh, not too far away from our third year of doing brunch culture. It's been Ooh, amazing. We have journey. to do something to celebrate. We have to. Um, but yeah, it's been an amazing journey. We thank you guys for listening to us. Make sure that you share the show, subscribe to us and leave us comments, 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 comments. We can't stress enough the need for comments um, on, on our, iTunes because that helps us get the word out and helps Apple see that, you know, there's some independent people creating some content that are really dope. So we appreciate you guys. We look forward to hearing you. Remember here at everything. Ah, bah, 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 bah. We appreciate you guys and we look forward to interacting with you. Remember here at Brunch Culture, everything is up for discussion.